Welcome to the Hypnotic Comic Live Show. Finding that entertainment without meaning isn't cutting it anymore? Do you want to feel deeply connected, yet lifted up into the heights of laughter? You found that place where comedy meets the full expansion of life's possibilities. Now, for your hypnotically comical host, Jenna Grayson! <laughs> Woohoo! Woohoo! Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. You're so famous. Thank you, Doug. That's our show producer, Doug, shouting it out. Uh, so grateful for this uh, warm introduction. And uh, I am Jenna Grayson, your host today on this uh, spaceship ride on Spaceship Planet Earth. Together, brothers and sisters of this planet, may as well call each other brothers and sisters because, heck, we only got one spaceship we're on together on the planet. Uh, I am your hostess and uh, on this Hypnotic Comic Live show, I am both hypnotic, as you can tell. Uh, You may feel hypnotized already. It happens. Sorry, I'll I'll apologize in advance. Um, I'm a hypnotherapist in all seriousness, and uh, I help people overcome uh, limiting conditions related to fear and anxiety and phobias, including um, fear of taking risks in life and uh, fears of specific places, specific people, specific experiences, and um, also, trouble sleeping, anxiety, worry, doubt, fear, all kinds of things. So we can all live greater fulfillment and greater freedom and expression. And also living proof of my work because I'm doing stand-up comedy, which is really scary. <laughs> Doesn't mean I don't have fear, people. Doesn't mean I don't have fear. Um, doing stand-up comedy. My next show is November 19th, Friday night at the Comedy Store in the original room where such comics have been seen as Dave Chappelle, Bobby Lee, Whitney Whitney Cummings, Tony Hinchcliffe, Delia, who else? Lots of other ones. Um, So that's a little bit about me. You can find me at jennagrayson.com. Today, our super special and magical host, um, is inviting me is an invitation to all of us to become even more authentic in our gifts and who we really are. And so I'm deciding to come out of the closet on this show. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm coming out of the closet on this episode of the hypnotic comic as an energy healer myself. Um, Avalon Bailey is our guest, and she is an energy healer um, on a metaphysical journey for the last 30 years. Um, Her background is as an RN. She has her master's degree and is a registered nurse and uh, has been doing that work or was doing that work for 25 years and is now um, a very focused and effective and beautiful energy healer. She's been doing it long enough now that she has developed her own 
healing modality that we get to learn about what the heck does that even mean um, called emotional relief catalyst energy healing um, with her non-touch no-touch technique benefits are immediate and continued with time um, and she's found that clients have been relieved of childhood traumas hurtful relationships abusive experiences and toxic emotions uh, her clients have found freedom, which is one of my favorite words, especially in the realm of healing, um, from headaches, chronic pain, unhealthy behaviors, toxic relationships, thought patterns, beliefs, and more. So she's she's finding that about 90% of our human suffering is from stored emotions. So it is time to get free It is time on the planet, it's time we wake up, it's time we get woke. So um, I'd love to welcome with deep respect and honor and appreciation our guest today, Avalon Bailey. Hi, Avalon. Thank you for joining us. Hello, Jenna. I'm so happy to be here, and I want to thank you for bringing joy and laughter to the world through your comic presence. So it's time for all of our gifts to come forward and contribute in the ways that supports humanity. So thank you. That's right. Yeah, for sure. Right. I just feel that too. It's time for us to all collectively come out of the closet in our various ways. And, you know, I think it it really takes so much courage um, to do that. And, um, you know, I think there's just so much to be said for having that kind of courage to just come out with our gifts, you know, and especially as women, you know, it's not to make this only be about women, but as women, I think we're really feeling called to come forward um, with sharing our gifts in these ways, and it can feel really scary to um, come forward and to take risks and to be trailblazers, and that's something that I really see that you're doing and have been doing um, for the last uh, 30 years. Is that right? It's been 30 that's years right. for you? Yeah. Yes, and it it really is time for each of us to express the truth of who we are, and it will call to you. Pretty soon you'll realize that what you're doing isn't satisfying anymore. You thought you had everything you needed and wanted, and now the satisfaction seems to be waning. And so the truth that resides within us, as far as what we're meant to do, the greater plan of our life begins to emerge. And it can be scary. I -hmm. I will tell you that... um, Sometimes it is a step of faith, but what I do now is really the truth of who I am, and Mm -hmm. I can tell you that even as a young child, at the age of six, I was walking from the car to the front door with my mom one day, and I finally decided to ask her, what is that white around the trees and the bushes? Mm -hmm. She looked, and she didn't see anything, so she couldn't tell me, and that was a pivotal moment for me. Because one, I realized I could see things that others didn't. And two, I might have questions that people couldn't answer. And so it caused me to be an even more quiet child. I was a quiet observer. In second grade, we would have spelling bees and we would go to the front of the room. And when I was given my word to spell, I could see it in my mind's eye in in what I call my inner vision. And so I would be able to spell it and be the last one standing. Mm -hmm. In third grade, I was at home one weekend reading a book, a Nancy Drew mystery novel, if you remember those. 
Sure. And I, I was almost finished, but I decided to go out and play. So I started to close the book, and something said, how many pages do you have left? So I looked, and let's say there's 100 pages, and I'm on page 90, so it's like I have 10 pages left. And then that something said, count the pages. So I counted the pages, and I counted 11. And I thought, well, that's not right. So I looked again, 100 pages, I'm on page 90, that's 10. I counted them again, and I still got 11. And I just looked at it, and I thought, how can that be? And then I realized, oh, you have to count the page you're on. Okay, closed the book and went out to play. And then later that week, in school, on a test, as a bonus question, was that exact scenario. You're reading a book. You have so many pages. You're on page such and such. How many pages do you have left to read? And I realized I had been shown how to get the correct answer. Oh, my God. I turned in the test, and when the teacher gave the test back, she said only one student in class answered the bonus question correctly, and I put my head down. And when we left the classroom, my classmates came up and said, how did you know how to get the right answer? And I just shook my head and said, I don't know. I just knew. So by third grade, I could see energy fields. I was using my inner vision. And I had connected to something that was helping me, which I call my inner guidance. And I knew as a young child that I would be a nurse. And it wasn't an idea. It was, wasn't just a desire. It was such a strong urgency to be a nurse that it was like going through life with a full bladder. I could not ignore it. And I was always in a hurry to get there. Mm, wow. But my metaphysical path started before my nursing career. So even though they ran parallel for many years, I never crossed the two. Nursing is a traditional path. I loved it. And I never brought in the metaphysical. Mm -hmm. And so once in my 25th year of nursing, I was, had a great job, wonderful office, wonderful people, loved it, had been there over six years. But one day in my office, in my 25th year of nursing, that same inner guidance said, you're done. And I had no plans, nothing to go to, but I had learned that the inner guidance always has the best in mind. And so even though I had no plans, I gave my notice. And so since then, I have stepped fully into the energy healing path. Mm -hmm. Now, the modality that I use came as a gift after 30 years of preparation. And the way it came through was one day I was working with a woman face to face. Before we go into the story, can I, can I interrupt you, Avalon? Cause I have so many questions about what you've said. I definitely want to hear about that. I want to hear how your, mm-hmm. um, how your, how your specific modality came through, but I just, am like biting at the, at the bit or whatever that saying is, I'm like, I just don't want to ask you about this and this and this and this and this. But can I ask you a few questions just to like illuminate different things that you've um, talked about already that um, I know it's bringing up curiosity for me. And I imagine, you know, maybe for some of the listeners too, they're going to have some questions about just um, things that you've brought up. Um, There's so many things. So for one, you talked about as a child that you were able to see the energy fields of, um, of trees, right. And that your mom wasn't able to see them. And so you became quiet 
because you were talking about things that other people didn't know anything about. So I, a couple of things that I'm curious about that is one is, um, did you feel like a sense of like shame, like you're making it up, like you're asking like, what, what's that purple unicorn over there? Um, or, you know, like, was it, was it like, was there a shutting down in the sense of like, you're making stuff up and, or that's not real? That's a great question because some people would respond that way. Mm -hmm. They would just say, well, I must be crazy. And they shut it down because we all Mm -hmm. have that ability. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. no, I, I absolutely knew what I was seeing. I was more puzzled that she couldn't see it. But mm-hmm. I kept looking, and it was still there, so I knew what I was seeing. I knew I knew it was real. Yeah, and that's actually something I want to say that in the in the studies that I've been through, in the practice that I've been, you know, as an adult, um, as an energy healer, learned how to do that sort of to turn on that um, expanded sensory perception. It's you know, it's like to realize that we know exactly what the physical realm feels like and then to recognize that we're we're just able to see what our senses are able to see or what, you know, we've been taught is normal, but to relax as a child can in their in their perception, um, because you're less like trained and conditioned to believe like what's real and what's not real. So it's like you have a capacity to relax your, your visual perceptive abilities and see something beyond the physical. Um, so I'm wondering, do you think that we all were able to see that as kids or like, why were you experiencing that? Cause I don't know that I have a memory or, I mean, I don't, I don't know what I ate for lunch yesterday. So maybe I just don't remember, but like, do you think we were all experiencing energy fields around trees, but it just was never talked about or it was um, just never acknowledged as like, that's what a tree is. So we all shut it down or how do you perceive or understand that? I think children do have the extrasensory perception. I think Mm -hmm. they do see, I mean, frequently you'll see them talk to people that we don't see. Right. So they see, they see, uh, they see the non-physical. However, it may show up, be it in an aura or a form, like grandma, grandpa comes to visit from the other side, or energy fields. And so I think we all have that ability. And the reason that I was able to hold on to it is even though I grew up in a large family, I spent a lot of time by myself. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of quiet time. And so there was no one around me defining my world. So I explored it and saw that which was more than just the physical because the non-physical is just as real as the physical. Right. So how does that go together for you now as a trained nurse? Because I'm not a nurse, but my understanding of being trained by, you know, what is ordinary, I don't want to say traditional, but is modern Western medicine is accepted in this very physically oriented science and practice and medical uh, technologies that we've developed in order to advance medicine in so many ways that are still so limited by just our five senses or the, the range of our human five senses. Like, how do you... 
how do you put those two together? Is there like, do you have peace about that? Like for me, as I bring that up for me, like just to be honest with you, like there's an element of anger that I feel about that where I'm like, you know, Western medicine is so limited and we're all being asked to limit ourselves to the physical realm in order to heal or get better and, you know, to take a a pill or have a surgery and have something come out, cut out of the body. Like it just makes me angry. So I'm wondering like, how do you find the peaceful overlap or is it peaceful for you? Like, how do you integrate the, the, awareness that you have as a multidimensional aware being with having been a nurse for 25 years? Yes, that's a good question because that displays uh, a a real awareness of the differences between the two. The nursing and medical path is very conventional. And so when I was in nursing, I only stayed at the hospital bedside for six years. And then I left, I went into teaching, training and education, which Mm -hmm. was my niche and I loved it. And it was a creative outlet for me. So I didn't really, I wasn't the type of nurse who was giving shots all the time or medicines or doing things that hurt people because I don't think that would have matched um, what I wanted to do. And so I contributed to people's lives in ways that were meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. Teaching, teaching wellness and health and uh, employee health. So I had a great career path, and that's why it fit me so well. Mm-hmm. But great. I will say that having left nursing, I could not go back because it is right. now too conventional for me, and I have stepped fully into the metaphysical world. And so it wouldn't serve me to be a nurse anymore. Right. That makes a lot of sense. And as a, as a, um, as an educator, were you able to talk about or even like make subtle suggestions about the possibility of life existing beyond what our senses can perceive in the physical realm? The only time that might apply is if you're talking about hospice or uh, Alzheimer's because they do see the non-physical. And so you can incorporate it easily that way. But interesting. Yes. The way I would uh, convey compassion and to treat each other with human kindness is just in um, how you approach your patients to see them as more than just a physical uh, wound or a physical issue, that they are more than that. And Beautiful. so I found it to be very satisfying because, because of just that, to add the, the component of love and compassion. Beautiful. That, and that sounds like, as you're saying that, I feel such a relief in my body, like this place of like, that's really what it comes down to, isn't it? Like, even if we don't use terms like energy healing or metaphysical, that's like so much of what the healing is, you know, that's been my experience. And that's what I think is, you know, either lacking or or present. And it's such a profound healer, isn't it? Are you? Do you find that, that that space of love and compassion is really such a profound healer and moves um, the energy in ways that we're all so needing. Yes, love is the source of all. Yeah, beautiful. And um, is when you when you're talking about the energy healing that you're doing now, um, 
it, is is love is it is it really a healer? I mean, what would you say about that? It's the source of all, but is it also like the solution to all, or what would you say about that? Well, it is hard to put it into words because the words are so physical, and what we're talking about is non-physical. So there's okay. not really a good a good match, and right. so um, love is very healing and. When I have a session with someone, it's working with the vibration of love and it washes away so much that is not love and Mm -hmm. so much that is not love can be self-judgment, can be anger, can be depression. And so the love flows in and washes away that which was unloving, which is the state the person was in, the energetic state. That's right. That's gorgeous. That's really beautifully stated. That's really beautifully stated. And I get both sides of that piece that you shared there, that it's like, how do you put words to the non-physical realm when our language is completely developed and maybe designed to explain a 3D world in duality? And and yet, I think what you just said right now is just really profound, and we can all feel into that. You know, I hope that... Um, we can kind of like feel that in our bodies, that, that, that feeling of both acknowledging, you know, the, the ways that we cut ourselves off from love as well as the, the healing and the gift of coming back into that love and compassion. Like I can even hear it in my own voice right now, like the shift that's happening. Like I feel calmer and I can feel that my voice is resonating in a different place in my body that's more relaxed, you know, and so thank you. Thank you for that sharing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a state. And it's, the energy of love is similar to this story. And it's a story of a fish. There's a little fish swimming in the ocean and swimming around the other fishes. And he's saying, what's this thing called water? I want to find out what it is. <laughs> right. That's gorgeous. Yeah. That's awesome. Is that the end? Is that the end of the story? That's the yeah. end, huh? I mean, you got it, so I didn't have to explain it. So, yes, if you, if you didn't get it, I would go further. <laughs> what comes after that? What would you like? He just keeps looking. He looks over there and he looks over there. Well, the, the thing is that he's surrounded by water just as we are surrounded by love, but he mm. wasn't tuned into it. Yeah, great. I thought actually where you're going with that, which is a similar thing, which is like, we're looking for energy. Like, what is this concept of energy? So can we talk a little bit about that too? Like, you know, I, I want to use these kinds of terms, but at the same time, I want to be sure to define them for people who might not be having those kinds of experiences or even just to put stuff on the table. Like, I mean, I'm, I've been in, in this energy healing realm for about 11 years now. And even though I have direct experiences with them every day throughout the day, like I can't go back, like you were talking about, you can't just go back to pretending like you don't know what you know and what what you're experiencing and perceiving all the time. But I think there's value, I want to say, in um, in just being able to define it, like giving giving that left brain part of ourselves that's curious and doubtful, you know, like some food. And I think that that's, the benefit of hopefully bringing some science into this for the people who 
can't access that more sensitive perception, you know, but just to be able to bring some definition into like, what is energy? What are we talking about? And like, you know, if we're looking for energy and wanting to define it, so I'm, I feel like I'm kind of going back and forth in what I'm saying right now in terms of like, can we define what words like energy are, what words like love are, what words like metaphysics or metaphysical experiences are, um, just to feed the mind, you know, because still, even though I'm just going to say for myself, even though I have these direct experiences all the time, I still have a doubting mind, you know, it's still like part of my mind that's like, Jenna, like get it together and like, let's talk about reality and the reality is the 3D. Um, So I want to just kind of open up the space for like, what is energy and what is reality and how do we know and like <laughs> how do we define reality and how are most of us defining reality? So I feel like I'm like asking you a super broad question, but just, you know, whatever you would like to, to, you know, define there, I'd love to have the opportunity to put some words to it, even though it's really hard to put language on it as our language is. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is trying to describe a non-physical with a modern constructed physical language, which mm-hmm. is English. And so there are really many different ways to present examples. Okay. So I'll just throw a few out there. Um, if you were to rub your hands together real fast and then okay. pull them apart about an inch apart, you would feel your own energy. Mm-hmm. You have amped up your own energy. So that's your energy. What you feel there, that heat, that tingling is energy. Okay. Another way to describe it is when when you tune into a radio station, how are you doing that? There's no wire. What are you accessing when you're changing your radio station in your car? You're tuning into something. Mm-hmm. So it's a signal. Well, that mm-hmm. signal is non-physical. Wi-Fi, non, non-physical. And so we really are used to it, but we call it technology. Right. Yes. Another um, another way to think about it, and like I said, there are really many different ways, but you throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. Um, everyone will hear differently. And so one is when you look at a cute little baby and all this love just gushes out, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. you're feeling it, but where was it? Where was it before it gushed out? Where? If, if I were to ask you, if, if you're angry, and I would say, well, where did you, where's this anger stored? Where did it come from? It's energy. Energy and emotions are the same thing. Energy and motion. Okay. Is and so... There's a lot going on that's not physical that we just take for granted. We don't we don't look at it as, oh, this is non-physical. This is actually energy. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you can look at water, and water has so many states of being. Water, ice cube, steam. What do you mean to say about that, about the, the water, the states of water? Well, just as we can recognize that there are different states of water where we can physically hold water in a cup, but how do you hold steam in a cup? It's, but it's, also, it's the same thing. It's just a different form. 
Okay. And so if we if we can accept that something is, is one minute physical and the next minute it's a vapor, a gas, non-physical, we don't have any problem with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so and so it is just expanding the box that we're in and realizing right. that the non-physical is really very very present in our world. Okay. And how do you is there a way that you can recommend that we expand our perceptive capacity so that we can um begin to move from I know what my arms feel like and my hands feel like but I I don't know what energy feels like or like how do we expand into the possibility of expanding our perception to not only perceive a glass of water, but also to perceive the steam in the air that you might not otherwise see. Yes. So there's an expression, and it actually is very meaningful, and that Mm -hmm. is, gosh, I just can't wrap my mind around it. Well, guess what? The mind cannot wrap itself around that which is non-physical. Right. The mind is linear. And so Mm -hmm. now I'm just sharing my experiences. When I want to experience that which is not physical, I go within because there's a universe within. Mm -hmm. And it is my perspective that we come as a full package. And so I don't need to seek anything outside of myself, even though there's much to explore, both physical and non-physical, outside of ourselves. And I have done a lot of that, channeling, inspired writing, astral travel. I don't do that anymore because I have found that there's much more within me that interests me more. And this is where the truth of who I am resides. And this is where, for me, the source of all that is resides. I don't have to go outside myself. And so I explore uh, the universe within. But if anyone wants to explore that which is not physical, it is a matter of going from the mind into an inner space. And you can do that through yoga, through meditation, breathing techniques. And it's just taking the journey from the mind into the space within. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. That answered that very well. (laughs) That answers that. (laughs) Okay, so in that journey of going inward, which I'm a big fan of, I also teach meditation out here in California, which is a good place to teach meditation. Um, People tend to be, um, I think, more open-minded in like coastal states, you know. You're in Florida, right? So hopefully Mm -hmm. you're getting some more open-minded people who are interested in going from the ordinary thought of mind into those more vast um, inner experiences. And I just want to acknowledge also that, um, you know, in those experiences, I think both for new people who are new to connecting with their inner being, their inner experience, their inner selves, as well as people who have been doing it for many years, there's still a level of, you know, it's really, it can be really confronting, you know, it can be really scary sometimes and confronting. And like, you're talking about, like, if somebody just like gets really angry and you're like, that, that wasn't really that upsetting of, an, of a situation. And all of a sudden this person's yelling at the, you know, the guy, the, the, the waiter at the restaurant or the, 
you know, somebody kind of neutral in their lives and you're like, dude, that's an angry guy. That is an angry motherfucker (laughs) right there. So it's Uh like, I want to ask you to talk about like, how do we sort of navigate confronting these corners of ourselves? And like, also, what is the effect of not going there if we just have anger stored in our bodies? That's an excellent question. And I can give you a very good, surprising example I was working in person at the time. This woman heard about the work I did. She ran home, got her husband, brought him to me, and it happened so quickly, I didn't even know his name. So he and I are sitting there, and I only knew two things. One, that he had been very abused as a child, and two, the current issue was that he would have frequent angry outbursts, and he and his wife had been married nearly 30 years, and she had left him several times, but she loved him. And she understood why he had the angry outburst, but it was a lot for her to take. And so mm-hmm. she brought him to me and he sat there and I didn't know his name. So I just said, tell me about yourself. And when he started talking, then I went into what I just call the energies and what the energy showed me. And this was the first time this had happened. It was like an emotional zip line. It started, the energy started with where he is now and went all the way back to his younger years, to when he was a child, to when he was a baby, and then took me into the womb. And the energy showed me that this is where it started for him. That, and the reason was there was violence around him, around his mother when she was pregnant with him. And so he was being affected in the womb. And the energies also shared that he is now in this session receiving that which he was never given, which was love. And they mm-hmm. said that From the moment he was born, he didn't stand a chance because his whole life was filled with violence. And so I talked to the woman after the session a couple days later, and she said he hadn't had any angry outbursts. And so you see, in answer to your question about this man yelling at the wait staff, Mm -hmm. it's really surprising where the root of that is. For this man, it was prior to birth. Right. Which makes sense so when you're talking about... we never really about, know. Yeah. It's, it sounds like a really... Um, also, an, an example of, like, we're talking about what is, a, what is radio, like, what are radio frequencies. Like, he was picking up on that and those energetic frequencies without even needing language. So it's like, yeah, that's kind of hard to explain with words, but there you mm-hmm. go. Like, that's, that's, um, that's, a, that's very clear and... Even before we're not before we're verbal, when we're even in the womb, we're picking up frequencies around us. We're picking up vibrational patterns around us and feeling the feelings of our mother. And like you could probably define that in a physical way, saying you know you're absorbing the cortisol and the adrenaline and things like that, um, which just end up flooding the baby. But um, nevertheless, it, I really hear that. And so you said that by bringing in the love from the healing session that that was dissolving those old patterns, those old angry frequencies. It healed them. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what does that word mean? How can you define, what do you mean by heal? Like, is that like, where the the hurts, where the hurts and wounds are, where the unloving energies are stored, um, it is replaced with loving energy. And so people just feel lighter I will also say that what I have learned through this energy work is 
give you an example, a woman who's about 30 years old, a little bit overweight. And when I first met her in a group session, she was, I don't diagnose, but I would say she had the energy of depression. And so Mm -hmm. she came to see me. And during her session, she brought in with her into this lifetime a very dense energy. And so that was cleared. She also had some childhood uh, trauma, which was also cleared. I saw her a month later, and her depression was gone. She was so engaged with her life that she put herself on a dating website, opening herself to a relationship. Mm-hmm. And she had she had been free of this energy that she brought in with her. Mm. Beautiful. So we do have things, you know, not to challenge anyone's belief system, but what I have been shown is that uh, we can bring things in from in the womb. We can bring things in from prior lifetimes. We can bring things in that people call karmic ties. I had one gentleman in his 40s came to see me and he had been in a relationship with a woman for several years. And part of the reason that he stayed with her is they had karmic ties. So they felt their relationship was special, but there was something inside of him that said, you know, there's something more for you in this lifetime. That's why he came to see me. And so during a session, several things happened and they showed me his future. And I told him your future is there, but you have to go claim it or you can stay in this toxic relationship. It's up to you. I talked with him a month later. He had left the relationship, set her up, made sure she was okay. And he went to claim his future, got on a better career path, connected with his healing music. So his spiritual path began to open and he stopped drinking alcohol. And how do you understand that? How how can we understand that? How does that make sense? You know, most behaviors, let's just talk about unhealthy behaviors, whether it's smoking, hoarding, overeating, alcohol, drugs, whatever it is that's unhealthy for us, there's, a, there's something driving it. One lady worked and they had a candy jar and she could not stop eating from the candy jar. Mm-hmm. And so she came to see me and the energy that was driving that was cleared. I'll give you one other example. There was one, a woman in her mid forties, a little bit overweight, diabetic, she could not stop eating fast food. Even when she wasn't hungry, she would go to the fast food line. When I went into her energy field, I found the energy driving it. And when I tapped into it, it had to do with experiences she had growing up with her father and her brother. So I cleared the energy. I saw her two weeks later, she was glowing, but I said, how is the fast food eating? She said, oh, I haven't had any. I haven't even thought about it. I don't miss it. And so I know that was the first time I used that technique. I was, I was stunned. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so inspiring. I'm like, do it on me. Do it to me. (laughs) Do it to me. Do it to me. You know, and the beauty is you don't have to relive anything. It's not about reliving it. So Mm. energies, there's always an energy driving a behavior. If it's a healthy behavior, great. But if it's not, then just know that there's um, probably a root cause. Right. So you're finding that in your experience, you're able to have sort of like a clairvoyance, a, a, a clear vision of where the roots of it are, like where their childhood trauma or, or hurt is. Is that what's happening? 
Yes, many times, you know, as I mentioned, I, I use what I call my inner vision. And so when I enter the energies, as I call them, they show me things, they provide information, they do the work, but I'm able to describe the root cause and, you know, what's going on. And some people will recall an instant and, you know, some people, if you're not going to recall your birthing process necessarily. Okay. Beautiful. Well, I feel like I want to tell you, you know, an interesting thing that's like coming up in my awareness is that, you know, I work as a hypnotherapist. Um, I'm also interested in moving and directing and getting energy flowing in the process of with hypnosis using words and consciousness, um, altered states of awareness. Um, and as I said before, I, I primarily am working with people with anxiety related conditions and I'm like putting pieces together as you're talking, I'm like, you know, what's a trip is um, when my mom was pregnant with me, she had panic attacks. So, which, you know, has led me to a journey of my own facing and dealing with fear and anxiety, which has also been one of my greatest teachers, you know, is to like look at what fear is and what it's not and get, you know, make some distinctions about it and then, also turn it into a gift, but it's still, you know, it's still definitely a challenge. And I think it's a big part of the human experience is like, how do we face fear and how do we store fear and how do we run fear through our, through our bodies, through our minds, through our emotions, our energy field. Um, so I'm also interested in the realm of, um, you know, how the stored energy, whether we're talking about fear or anger um, resentment, these other things that are like the, the spots where we are withholding that continuous, ever-present field of love, did they, do you find that they contribute to physical conditions, physical problems that, you know, as a nurse, you would have before other nurses, doctors now would um, say that's just a physical problem? Oh, absolutely. Um, because, as was mentioned, it, it is said that 90% of suffering is from stored emotions. So I worked with um, one gentleman who had chronic back pain. And when I did his session, it was related to experiences he had growing up with his father. And he came back a week later and said, he, he said, I don't know what you did, because he had been to many other practitioners in the past. He said, but whatever you did is gone. And so uh, one gentleman had fear and anxiety. And when I did his session, that was related, similar to what you said, to when he was birthed. Because when I went into the energies, it took me to his birthing process. And when his mother's pain started to increase, she went into fear. And so his mm -hmm. present day issue was fear and back pain. And that's what was cleared uh, in the session. So, Dang. yes, you can, you, yeah. you can pick things up. <laughs> yeah, that's so wild. It's so wild to think about because it's like it it makes it makes so much sense and at the same time it's like how do we bring and I don't know if there's an answer to this but I'm curious, you know, it might be just like a rhetorical question that we just plant a seed and somebody comes up with the answer, but like, how do we integrate this into the medical world as it is? You know, if this, it's, it's sounding like this is such a huge missing piece, you know, it's almost like, you know, I think when we have the turn of the century, there's like 
a real opportunity for consciousness to shift for whatever reason. And it was the turn of the century last turn of the century that um, chemistry was discovered, you know, and we can imagine, like, see the parallel between, you know, a, a world without chemistry, a world without atoms or the awareness of atoms. Atoms were always there. Like you were talking about the fish looking for the water, like the atoms have always been there, even if we didn't have a word for them or we weren't able to identify the particles of the atoms, the world without cells, the world without molecules, you know, they were always there. But like for people to come out and say, look, <laughs> there's stuff, there's stuff, Newton, there's stuff out there that you can't see. And like, you're not going to see it with your naked eye, but there's atoms, there's, there's atoms and they're structured and this is what they look like. And we're all like, you know, it's almost like you could, you could imagine that that would be kind of scary for humanity to say, no, there, there is no such thing as chemistry. And all that is real is what I can perceive with my senses. All that is real is what is in the Bible. All that is real is what I've been taught by my parents or my teachers. And now I feel like in the turn of the century that we're in now, it's a similar kind of thing where we're like, there's, there's, stuff beyond the atoms, you know, we're discovering beyond the atoms, beyond the cells, beyond the molecules, there's even smaller particles that are super important that are the missing links that we've been looking for and searching for and trying to sort of pin down, you know, with physical technology and physical, from the physical realm. And, And I think there's some fear in that, you know, like, how do we get over being afraid of expanding? It's like, I think a piece of what comes to me as I say that is like that we don't have to drop all of the physical stuff. We don't have to get rid of surgery and psychiatric pharmaceuticals, but that rather that there's an opportunity to expand into something more. But what what okay. comes up for you, Evelyn, in that? Like how do we how do we move out of fear of something so unknown but so like right there in our faces at the same time? Mm-hmm. I, I think to start with would be options. For example, I had a lady with migraine. She was in her 60s. And and so she had a choice to continue with medicine that sometimes helped, but sometimes not. But because her migraines were increasing, she thought she would try this. And so she came to see me. Turns out that her migraines were connected to when she was 12 years old with a family situation. And so that energy was cleared and her migraines left. But you see, she had the option. She could continue with the medicine if she wanted to, or she could try something different. And so I think just allowing the offerings, and there are other modalities that have been around for thousands of years. And so I think if we look around and see what calls to us, and I think each does have its place. I think modern medicine is wonderful for diagnosing, is wonderful for emergencies, for surgeries when absolutely necessary. I've accessed the medical system and was very grateful for it being there when I needed it, but it may not be the answer to everything, just like other modalities may not be the answer to everything. We all can share in the helping and serving of humanity. Right. And where do you see the the role of science in all of this? Do you think that is it quantum physics or what would it be where we could access it in a more left-brained or is it possible to access this from a left-brained um, perspective or they just don't go together? Well, I think the left brain serves a purpose as well. I think we need people 
to question and be skeptics because it makes us look and, and prove and confirm. And so I think we need everybody to contribute to the conversation. And some people will be more open-minded and some won't. And so everyone can live in the box of their comfort zone. But just because someone else chooses to live in a small box does not mean I need to live in a small box, that we are each free to live in the box or boxlessness of our choice. (laughs) That's right. That's gorgeous. That's beautiful. I love it. Thank you. Um, and you earlier, I want to loop back to a couple of things that you brought up earlier. Um, one of them was that you said that people, you talked about hospice and people suffering or dealing with living with Alzheimer's, that that opens up people's perception and kind of gets rid of the box because it's sort of inevitable in the experience that they're having, that they're accessing more dimensions than just these three dimensions that most of us are connecting with. Is that right? It's possible. Yes. It's possible. It depends on what part of their brain is affected and their, their ability to communicate. So you may understand that they're seeing things that we don't see or, you know, it varies, but it is possible. So my dad has dementia and I'm really interested in that. And I've actually spoken with somebody who has a similar capacity to you, but is slightly different in that she communicates with nonverbal people. Um, And so I've been interested because my dad is mostly nonverbal right now. And, you know, I know a lot of people are going through um, dealing with a family member with dementia or Alzheimer's and the loss of communication skills that they have that like, if you could speak more to that, like how do we know if they're having a multidimensional experience um, or accessing stuff beyond 3D and can we meet them there? You know, if you could give some guidance to me and other people who are um, dealing with or, you know, living with loved ones who are losing brain capacity, um, ordinary experiences of perception and awareness, like, how do we know? And if we can know, then how do we access that place with them? Well, if they don't communicate, you may not have any confirmation of what they're experiencing. But I will share with you that there is a universal language, no matter what stage they're in, and that's love. Okay. And love is communicated through voice and tone, eye contact, if they are able to have that, and touch. And so no matter what phase they're in, we still can communicate in that basic universal language. So beautiful. One other thing I'll say, um, I actually enjoyed that area of healthcare, dementia, because mm-hmm. it is a specialty area and it requires a completely different approach of care, of giving care and being supportive. Mm-hmm. So I was really drawn to it. But I will say also, Outside of nursing, uh, CBD oil. CBD oil has been shown to help support the brain function. And so if I had a family member that showed any degree, any stage of mental issues, deterioration, I would incorporate 
a good quality CBD oil daily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I for sure and I for sure would take it myself. Yeah, I have heard that and um oh my gosh. I I'm curious if you have an answer to this sort of conundrum that I'm finding myself in, which is that my dad's doctor has not approved CBD oil because she says that there isn't substantiated scientific evidence that it helps or that it isn't contraindicated with other medications that he might be taking. So it's super frustrating because I also know a woman who actually had on the show last week, um, Lori Sheyu, and she was talking about um, speaking with children communicating with children with autism. And and she told me personally about the power of CBD oil specifically with people diagnosed with dementia and how she saw a man really come out of that place where he'd been really lost in his brain, you know, the the loss of his brain capacity. So I brought it up to the doctor because that's a long story why I would go through the doctor, but it has to do with the care, the care providers that he's receiving care from. And um, do you have any suggestions about that? If a doctor is like so scientifically based that she's like, well, you know, science hasn't proven this to be beneficial yet. It's still relatively uh, I do have, new. Yeah. I do have, I do have a perspective on that because I studied CBD oil quite a bit. It was such oh. a, a remarkable product. And so in in the research that I did, and I, I do want to preface this by saying that when you have a license, you are bound by your license. Okay. You probably have a driver's license where you can drive certain vehicles, but you cannot drive a bus. You cannot drive an 18-wheeler. Your license doesn't allow you to do that. Okay. And so when you have a practitioner license, that's what you practice. So if you're a medical doctor, what do you practice? You practice medicine. Medicine typically does not include supplements. It's not part of the training. And so if you want expert advice on a supplement, then you go to someone who has that as part of their expertise. What I do recall about... Sorry, who would that what be? It means is, who would it be? Yeah, who would that be that is um, an expert? It could, in it, it could possibly be a health coach or anyone who is alternative approach to health care. Mm-hmm. But we have the Internet, and so the research is so available. And so this is what I recall. It's been a while since I was actively researching it. But what I recall is that CBD oil has no known drug-to-drug interactions, no known side effects, and you cannot overdose on it. Uh, We have millions of receptors for the cannabinoids that are in this industrial hemp plant, which is what CBD oil comes from, industrial hemp plant. And hemp used to be a common part of of our life. All, All the colonies were required to grow hemp because it has over 25,000 uses to it. So when, they grew, when, they, when the farmers grew hemp, they would feed the crop to the cows and the pigs and the chickens. And then we would eat the eggs, the cows, the pigs, and the chickens. And then the mother, when she had a baby and nursed it, she would pass that through mother's milk. 
And so oh the cannabinoids in hemp are natural to our bodies. And it's also uh, animals have the same cannabinoid receptors. It's throughout our body. So it's organic to us. That's amazing. And we, we also have a system. It's like we have the receptors and it's an endocannabinoid system. Like That's we right. have a lymph system or a neurological That's system. That's why we have millions of receptors. Nuts. I feel so like we're just, just like add, right on the brink of this. Yeah, go ahead. I'll just add one more thing since I have brought up CBD oil. I will tell you that my choice is that when I shop for CBD oil, I make mm-hmm. sure that it is full spectrum and I prefer the liquid, the tincture. Okay. Because then I, you put it under your tongue and the mucous membranes are very vascular. So it's a very good absorption and it avoids the gastric juices in the stomach. Beautiful. Really well said. Thank you so much. Okay, so we just have a few minutes left and I'm just really feeling like I don't I don't even know quite what the word is what I'm feeling. It's like I want to say stunned, but that sounds kind of dramatic. Like I'm just feeling like grounded and reassured is probably a good way to say that. Like woof. Um, a lot of beautiful information to digest here and I'm so grateful. And um I uh, just want to remind the listeners we're speaking with Avalon Bailey and you can reach out to her for more information to work with her one-on-one. She also does, um, you do distance healing sessions, right? So you don't have to be, we don't have to be living in Florida to work no, with I you. By, yeah, phone or internet. Okay, great. And um, your name is spelled, her name is spelled Avalon, A-V-I-L-O-N-E, Bailey, B-A-L, Sorry, B A I L E Y, and that's dot com. So avalonbailey.com. Um, and I did, I want to circle back because I did tell you at the beginning that I would love to hear about your modality. So if you could just in a, maybe a couple brief minutes tell us what's special about your modality that's um, been revealed through your experience of practicing um, energy healing and practices of metaphysics in the last 30 years. Well, the modality came through after 30 years of preparation. It's very loving, calm, and gentle, and it goes uh, to the areas in the energy field that are supportive of their good, and it's not about reliving anything, and the results are immediate and continue with time, and people have been freed from unhealthy habits, pain, emotional hurts, childhood traumas, beliefs, so it's it serves the person with what is best for them in these moments, and every session is unique to the individual. I have also worked with mothers and grandmothers uh, for their family members. The energies have done that as well. Amazing. Amazing. Well, I appreciate it so much. This is so exciting. And if we had more time, oh my gosh, it's the end of October. I wish we would have talked a little bit about what a witch is because I feel like that's a little piece of this that maybe that's uh, inappropriate for me to bring up right now. But it's like, you know, the, I think these are really the practices that we, we've can, been connecting with for generations is how to heal one another and how to perceive each other in these settler realms and how to facilitate in a loving way that can often be not described with modern uh, medicine or with, you know, the books, um, the Bibles, the leaders, the doctors. Um, And we're coming into a time when it is being accepted and the good witches are coming out of their um, 
proverbial closet. So thank you so much, Avalon Bailey. You're a beautiful human being. Appreciate so much the eloquence and clarity um, articulation that you've brought to this subject of energy healing. And it's um, it's not easy, and it does require um, courage both to facilitate as well as to go into your own deep healing. And we're hearing about the great and vast and multi-dimensional benefits that we receive going into this realm of energy healing. So thank you so much. Once again, our guest here is Avalon Bailey. You can reach her at Avalon, A-V-I-L-O-N-E, Bailey, B-A-I-L-E-Y.com to learn more um, about her practice. Do you also... um, Do you also represent any kind of like CBD oil or is that something that we could connect with you about, Avalon? You're welcome to contact me and I'll share the the oil that I get. I don't have any financial connection to them, but I did screen them and I, I I do often recommend their product. And I do want to say that I honor all energy workers. I'm not a witch. I'm not a good witch. Um, I do work with loving <laughs> energies. And so I want to make sure that people understand if, if you're drawn to that, that's great, but that's not, you know, that's not what I proclaim. But we're all here to serve a purpose of good. And so whatever your path is, you know, enjoy it. Okay, thanks for clarifying. Sorry to put that on you yeah. last minute. That was more about me. I'm a good witch. Um, so thank you so much. (laughs) I stand corrected. I stand corrected, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Very cool. So thank you, Avalon. You've been listening to this program. It can be, uh, heard live on BBS radio. You can also hear a rebroadcast on iTunes, um, the hypnotic comic live. Um, we're also being broadcast through several other internet radio programs including iHeartRadio, which is getting a lot of publicity, and we are just growing and growing and growing. So thank you so much for tuning in. Please continue to listen. We're live Mondays, every Monday at noon on bbsradio.com. We're so grateful for um, all of our producers and helpers, um, including Doug, and shout-out to Namid Wolf, who created the beautiful music in the beginning of um, the intro of this program. So until next time, thank you all so much for tuning in, and thank you, Avalon. Appreciate you deeply, and um, look forward to being in more communication with you all soon. Much love.